0: Welcome to Is This Real Life?, a Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing well. There is a lot happening. I feel like every week we're getting a new trailer and I'm loving it. It's so fun to have shows to look forward to, especially as Beverly Hills is getting really dark and Atlanta is wrapping up like I am here for all of the things that are coming. So this week, the Winter House trailer dropped. And I don't know if you guys watched the first season of Winter House, but I actually really enjoyed it. It was similar to Summer House, except they're trapped in a house in Vermont and they can't really have a lot of parties. And so you just kind of get to know the people on the show, I think, a little bit better. Um, Of course, this time, rather than it just being Summer House and a little bit of Southern Charm, they also brought Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz from Vanderpump Rules in, along with, it looks like, three new characters. Of the new people who were on last time, only one of them is back, and that's Jason. He was in a relationship on and off again with Lindsay Hubbard, um, and that's who got her pregnant uh, when she unfortunately had a miscarriage. And we see Lindsay and Carl stop by the house, but they are not on as full-time cast members. And a lot of the drama seems to be around something that happened between Austin and Lindsay while Lindsay claimed she was with Carl. And we'll see how that plays out. I didn't feel like there was enough Luke for my preference, but I also saw that in the trailer, someone... Is told to get out And then they show someone driving away And I couldn't tell if it was Craig If it was Luke Like who it was And so I'm wondering if something went down with Luke And that's why he wasn't invited to come back To Summer House This past season So we we shall see how it all Unfolds um, In other Bravo news David Bedore filed for divorce From his second wife Leslie. I did not. I don't know if I saw that one coming or not, but I feel bad since they have a little kid. He is such a monster, though, and I'm actually starting to look forward to this next season of The Real Housewives of Orange County, and I have not enjoyed it for many years. So I'm really, really hoping that having Taylor Armstrong as a friend of and having Tamara Judge back and Shannon hopefully is like recovered from everything that happened and is ready to face life anew. we Every year I feel like we say this about her and we want her to be like the best Shannon she could be. And I just, I don't know if she's capable of it, but that's also probably what makes her so watchable. On Southern Charm this week, it kind of finally hit me that I feel like the heyday of Southern Charm is really over and that this current cast situation is not working. And I think it's because they're not actually friends. They took what was seemingly a somewhat authentic friend group and forcing certain people in. And it's just, I don't know, it's not working. Catherine doesn't appear to be friends with any of the girls that are on the show, We've got Leva and Vanita, but I'm not entirely sure who they're friends with. It's just, it doesn't feel natural at all. Um, of course, there are some things that definitely make me laugh. And when Craig spilled the wine and then broke the chair last week, I mean, I I couldn't stop laughing. It was just so, it's <laughs> just so Craig. But we get to see a lot of his you know, negative attributes as well. And I feel like while he may be over his uh, kind of love towards Naomi and the relationship that they had, I feel like he still harbors a lot of resentment towards her. And I think he's frustrated that she's back on the cast. And I don't know, everything like her just existing seems to upset him. And I just I want him to get over it. I know that they dated for a while and it's not normal to have to spend all this time and go on vacations with your ex, especially when your current girlfriend isn't there. But I don't know. He just has to, like, get over it. It's just it's so frustrating to watch. What was actually really heartening to watch, though, was Craig and Austin's concern for Taylor, who's been dating Shep for a very long time. Now, we know in real time they have since broken up, but While the filming is happening, you know they spend a lot of time with Shep. They know him very well, and they feel like Taylor is really giving him all of these, you know, second chances, third chances, fourth chances, and not really reprimanding him for any poor behavior that he exhibits. And it was interesting to me when. Shep said, you know, I actually want to ask Taylor to quit her job that Austin very quickly said that is you're trying to exercise control over her. It's actually a very big deal. You're going to make it so one, you don't even know if she wants to quit her job. And two, you're going to make it so she's financially dependent on you. And that's I mean, that's a terrible place to be. And it was just really nice to see him. Kind of be so clear-headed about it And call Shep out in that moment And then also try to talk to him about it later And I think they get in a huge argument next week about it But Austin is entirely in the right on this And I don't know I feel like Shep can't really come back from any of this He's looked so bad a few seasons ago Where he filmed himself on his like iPhone attacking a homeless person and like thought it would be funny and posted it on Instagram it was just so heartless and awful and then to see, you know see him in a relationship it's it's not nice you know the things that he's doing and the controlling type of stuff and you know Kind of being very uh, verbally abusive towards Taylor, it's just really nasty, and I think people are sick of it. So I'm not sure how they're going to do another season, because this cast is not cohesive at all. But I feel like I said this last time, and then the reunion was so good, and it just pulled me back in. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I believe they filmed the reunion this week. Now we also got to see the reunion for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I thought it was okay, you know, for part one reunion. It. I couldn't stop laughing with the moat that they had around the set of the reunion, making it so that the women essentially cannot walk off. I also liked that they were all in one color. I don't know if we've had that before, but it was really interesting. It made me spend a lot of time looking at their outfits and trying to see how they differ since they were the exact same shade of like red, pink, orange. And I just thought they all looked so gorgeous. I did find the birds to be very distracting, however, so I don't, I don't know how we're going to get through like another like a two part, three part, like those birds were driving me up the wall. So we get to spend a lot of time on Marlo with uh, this part one of the reunion. You know, We got to see her and Candy go at it. It made no sense that Marlo said that Candy doesn't help people, and it's just very obnoxious of her to try and make Candy look bad when Candy has done so many things, not trying to get credit to support Marlo. Um, Andy also asked Marlo a lot about her background, her childhood, and we've seen her talk about it before, but... This really felt like the first time she'd really articulated and laid it out for us as an audience, talking about how she ran away from home when she was 10 years old, Her mom was extremely physically abusive towards her. She went through five different foster homes each time, kind of hoping that this was going to be her home. And sometimes they would make her leave because their biological children were jealous or were uncomfortable. She alluded to the fact that maybe she had been sexually assaulted at some of these foster homes as well. And she said that she has not had an emotionally fulfilling relationship with a man, partly due to all of the trauma that she has experienced. And I do feel very, very bad for what she has experienced. But it makes me wonder if she's maybe not in a place to be on this show. I... I don't know. I feel like I didn't know all of this about her when we first saw her, maybe on season four. I can't remember when I I first met Marlo, (laughs) but it was a while ago. And to watch how she treats her nephews and just like, she just doesn't seem to have the emotional wherewithal to be able to, I don't know, support them. It's just it, the whole thing made me really uncomfortable and It's also just so sad to see her repeating these patterns of hurting the people closest to her, you know, shouting and saying the lowest digs that one could, you know, give and hitting people where it really hurts. And you see people like Candy who are very giving, who are very understanding, who wanna support you. And she just keeps trying to hurt Candy. And it makes no sense to me. And you've got someone. Like Kenya, who's just, she's not going to put up with it anymore. She has to put her walls up. She can't allow Marlo to get close to her because Marlo always hurts her. And it's just, I don't know. I just want Marlo to work on herself. And I don't know if you can be on the show and work on yourself at the same time. So we'll see what happens with her. Um, Sheree basically confirmed that she does not pay people if she does not like their work. So (laughs) I don't know where she gets off thinking that this is okay business practice, but she definitely doesn't pay people, and it shows off when you're looking at her website and the fashions that they have are the same as those that are on Walmart.com and Shein.com. I don't know. I don't know. I think I've had it with She by I went on the website, I found a cute tank top, I wanted to order it, and I just I couldn't. I couldn't click the button. And I think it's because I'm not entirely sure what kind of product I'm getting. So I'm going to let other people get their products, see if the products actually arrive and if they're of good quality. And maybe I will consider ordering something in the future. We also got to see Sonia and Drew go after it. Um, They were going back and forth. It was very interesting. Drew was very aloof towards Sonia and Sonia seemed genuinely hurt. And it sounds like Sonia confronted Drew off camera saying hey you've been acting different or I don't like how you're acting toward in these different ways and then when Sonia confronted Drew on camera in front of the rest of the cast Drew looked like she was blindsided and made everyone think that Sonia just came at her out of left field but Sonia was saying hey I gave you a heads up and you were just acting as if we had never spoken and it made me sad that Sonia was so upset um But others kind of seem to agree that Drew was a liar and I don't know where to kind of if I care enough about either of them to care about this feud, but it was interesting. It made me wonder how often these arguments are because someone is acting on camera as if they didn't know something that they were told off camera. You know, I know all of these arguments are always about the show at the end of the day, But how many of them are due to people's behaviors being completely different when the cameras are up versus when they're down? Anyway. I am so excited about this week's episode I have Jessica Lisa on She spent 10 years working for NBC Universal Including about 3 years working for Bravo directly She works specifically in audience research Things with ratings and buying of ads And so I ask her a lot of questions about that We get into The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills of this week And then at the end uh, Jessica shares some of her experience that she's had directly with some of the Bravo talent and some of her thoughts on who's staying and going um, in a number of the different franchises. So stick around. I'm sure you guys will enjoy as always, if you like the podcast, go ahead and give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And you can always reach out to me with any constructive criticism or anything you want to share in my DMs at Mandy Slutzker on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to take a quick break and then back with Jessica. Hi, everyone. I am here with someone very special. Jessica Leeser has worked at NBC Universal. She no longer works there, but she did for about 10 years, with three of those years working specifically on Bravo. Um, She did a lot of work in audience research and ratings, and I'm just so excited to talk with her about all of that, but also this week's Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm great.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks so much for being on. I just want to start by asking you if you could explain to a lay audience like myself, what is audience research and how would one even get involved in a career like that?
1: Well, so I sort of fell into that career I knew I wanted to work in television, that was always my goal, and I knew I didn't want to be on like the creative production side, and I wanted to be more on the business side of things, and when I got out of school and I was applying to jobs, a lot of what I was seeing in the TV world were jobs in what was called audience research. And so I figured I could get my foot in the door in that way, and um, I ended up, you know, following. Falling in love with it and, you know, staying at the company for almost a decade. So that, that that's sort of how it happened for me. And what it is, is, you know, I'm sure you've heard at some point in time a reference to Nielsen or Nielsen ratings. And Nielsen is a company that measures who's watching TV uh, at any given time through a very complex methodology that I won't go into. But we at the networks all have access to that data. And we can look at who is watching our shows,
0: what demographic like 18 to exactly. 45 or whatever the, exactly the big one how is, many that women, they want. how mm-hmm. many
1: men they they can even look at, you know, if you own a dog, you know, like they can get really, really granular if you want it to be. And, you know, you can look at how many people are watching TV total not just in your show. So are people watching more TV at 8 o'clock than they are at 9 o'clock or you know on Thursdays versus Mondays and things like that. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do with it. My focus when I was there was in the ad sales world mostly. So when our people when our salespeople who sell commercial time on Bravo wanted to land a new client They'd come to me and they would say, you know, what percentage of our viewers eat at Dunkin' Donuts? And I'd have access, not through Nielsen, but through another research company that surveys people uh, to look at what percent of Bravo viewers eat at Dunkin' Donuts and how does that compare to our competitors? So we could go to Dunkin' Donuts and say, look, our viewers love you guys, you know, you you should advertise with us.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: That's a lot about what I was doing for the most part. I was also involved in sort of larger, more strategic projects. So, you know, if we were looking to make a big schedule change, for example, for a a long time, you know, Bravo would premiere their new shows at 10 o'clock. And it's so frustrating. They did that with Salt
0: Lake City. And it's like sometimes it's hard to stay up that late.
1: Exactly. So, you know, my team put together a a pitch and a proposal to show that actually shifting the the premiere to 9 o'clock when more people are watching TV and then repeating that show at 10 o'clock would be better for ratings overall. Um, and and we ended up doing that for a lot of our shows. So I got to thank work on you. really cool projects. Like
0: that. <laughs> I feel like I can personally thank you for that because yes. it was excruciating staying awake from like ten to eleven, and then yes. eleven to eleven thirty was watch what happens live. Yes. Which I mean, that also wasn't fun to stay up that late. And no. I know Andy now is the parent of two young children, so like he doesn't he want to does be it at there nine then.
1: o'clock now. Sometimes
0: I love it. Yeah. Um, I was wondering also, is there research that's done on favorability towards certain shows? For example, like do people, uh, there's a lot more viewers of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills than there is of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, for example. But is it, do people who watch Salt Lake City, are they more like excited about it? Does it matter like numbers wise or engagement. Yeah, we
1: at the end of every season, we would run a survey among our among our viewers about how they felt about that season of the show. Really getting into the weeds on how they felt about different character, you know, different housewives, like, you know, storylines, how this season compared to other seasons, things like that and we'd wrap it all up. in in an end of season sort of report where we include some ratings and those opinions of our viewers to show that, you know, like you said, you know, while the audience might be small, they really, really love the show. Um, And so,
0: yeah, it could be a hit. Let's, you know, let's, you know, build on this audience that yep. that it seems to be very loyal versus you know other audiences where like a ton of people are watching but they're all kind of like at the edge of maybe not watching because it's getting more toxic or not fun.
1: Yeah, and we can identify those shows and then make tweaks to see okay they 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 like the show but they really did not like this this aspect of it. How can we improve upon that and change that? Should we get rid of so and so and find a new person? you know, or whatever the case may be.
0: Is it called a certain kind of score, like for a housewife? Is there a name for it?
1: No, I mean, there are services out there, like a, I don't know if you've heard of like a Q score. Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking of. Yeah,
1: Q score measures like tons of celebrities and athletes. I'm sure they have housewives in there now. They didn't, to my knowledge, they didn't um, 10 years ago when I was there but we sort of created our own scoring system that we used.
0: Okay, that's so interesting.
1: And, you know, there were those characters, those housewives that people loved, and there was those people loved to hate. That was like a big thing where, you know, there was the voice of reason that people really liked versus the villain that, you know, was polarizing, but people really liked it because they like having that villain character and aspect. So there's a lot going on.
0: It's so interesting. And then it can change, right? Like you've got a Kenya Moore type character on The Real Housewives of Atlanta who was the sort of villainess for a number of years. And then, you know, more recently, people are rooting for her. She's going through this awful divorce with a crappy ex husband. And she's got this little girl and she's on Dancing with the Stars. And all of a sudden, you find yourself rooting for her, whereas before you were not feeling that way. And That's what I love about these shows is you can, you know, kind of form different opinions the longer you get to know them and as you see them mature and change.
1: I think uh, the opposite of that might be Elisa Vanderpump. I think okay, she, and this is my opinion because she sort of like fell off, like she sort of fell off after I left Bravo and, and NBC for the most part, but like. She was a fan favorite. People loved Lisa Vanderpump, myself included. And then I think I think it all sort of fell apart for it her. It
0: did, but then the longer that she's gone, the more I think people are nostalgic for her. Yeah. You know, it's interesting it, how... Yeah. But it, it's so funny. I always wonder, do people stay on the show, like Housewives, if they're not liked necessarily by the audience but by the higher-ups at NBC Universal.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a whole can of worms that was way <laughs> above my pay grade. But I would say chances are if the audience didn't like someone it was it was rare that the higher-ups liked them as well. Okay. Because they
0: probably created problems for the higher ups like a Kelly Dodd on The Real Housewives of Orange County. And she's constantly posting, you know, pictures of herself wearing a hat saying drunk wives matter and just being very controversial that brings negative attention to the show. And I always am now like thinking about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I feel like it's now become this whole show. But then a whole separate sort of show that we're watching online where yes. there's these like very dramatic things happening on Instagram. It's very hard to follow. This random guy named Patrick Summers claims to know information and he knows who the bots, who made all those bots to go after Garcelle's son. And all of a sudden, you have this whole sideshow that's very different from what we're watching week to week. And not all of the viewers are on Instagram, or if they are paying attention to that crap.
1: Yeah. And there's a show within the show about the making of the show. Like Kathy Hilton holding out for more money or she wouldn't film with them. Oh, ah. And, like, that's the whole thing. That's why she came in mid-season, was because she was holding out for money from Bravo. Like, you know, there have been so many of those in the past with, I can remember Kim Zolciak and Nene were, like, fighting over who gets paid more and all this stuff and who's filming with who and I don't want to, and it, you know, the making of the show becomes a drama in and of itself. Totally. It's, well, I forgot who said it. I don't know if
0: it was um, in the book, all, Not All Diamonds and Rose or if it was in the other Housewives book by Brian Moylan that sort of how all of the fights after a certain year are all about the show. Even yes. if they're not. I
1: think it was Brian Moylan because he put that in his recap of last night's Beverly Hills.
0: Yes. OK. So he was basically saying, you know, people end up getting in arguments over things completely that you think are so trivial. But really, they're just pissed over something that happened in Like with the Kathy Hilton situation. So let's let's dive into that. So she wasn't in the first half of the season because she was holding out for more money. She claims it was she was dealing with Paris's wedding, blah, blah, blah. She could have filmed all of it. Yeah. Then they're all pissed at her that she wasn't around. And then she shows up. And the whole time she's trying to promote a product, which usually friends of housewives don't get to do. That's a role solely for. You know, people who hold the diamonds. And she's trying to promote her product, and it sounds like it's happening over and over again. We as the audience didn't know that until this week's episode, where they show a montage of her constantly (laughs) making people do taste testings, which now I understand. Maybe they don't want to taste test her tequila every single time she's hanging around. But rather than say we're pissed at you and you're, not following the rules because that would probably break the fourth wall and wouldn't get shown there now and by they I mean Lisa Rinna's really poking at her with ordering Kyle well, not Kyle Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila and then later ordering Don Julio just like anything but Kathy's tequila <laughs> what do you make of that whole like tequila gate
1: so at first I was like, why is Kathy... So, like, she seemed, like, irrationally upset that Rinna took a taste of another tequila. Like, who cares? And I thought it was pretty funny when Rinna was like, Kathy's tequila is probably here because she put it there herself. Yeah. Um. But then when I, like, watched a little bit of what, Watch What Happens Live and read Brian Moylan's recap, and, like, it sort of digested... Or I took it in where I was like, oh, she's trolling her. This is not like, oh, she just wants to try another tequila. This is like, this is some trolling. And uh, I love it. I think it was both. I think Kathy overreacted a little bit. And I do think Rinna was a little... Well, I don't know what the word She always
0: know? pokes. She always tries to get yeah. people, like, she's antagonizing. Yeah. But then when she has a meltdown, then, like, that's not up for conversation. It's only she's poking and poking and yeah. poking.
1: Have you heard the rumors about her?
0: What are the rumors about her?
1: That she's not coming back.
0: Oh, I could see that. Because she's not signed up to go to BravoCon. And... Yeah, her and yeah. Diana, I think, are the only two from Beverly Hills that aren't signed on to do BravoCon, which I think is kind of like writing in the sand.
1: Plus, are you coming to BravoCon?
0: I'm unfortunately unable to come oh, because I have clever. a wedding. But next next year, I don't care who's getting married. I will be there. I, awesome. I can't. I can't miss it again. So I don't know. I just think that Rinna crossed the line with how messy she was being online And then when all this other stuff started happening with the bots and going after Garcelle's son, I think the network was like, okay, the audience hates you. They don't love to hate you. They hate to hate you. And you're causing all these problems outside of the show. And that's what people are watching. They're watching the show. You're not bringing in new viewers by causing drama online. No. So she's just a difficult one. I think... She's just also such a hypocrite. And that's also the issue with, I think, both her and Kyle. At least Erica is, like, pretty steady in, like, her kind of worldview and thought process. But Kyle and Rinna in particular are just very hypocritical. Like, if they have a rule, like, be honest, then they hold people to it. But when it's themselves, there's certain things that just aren't ever mentioned or brought up. Like Rena's daughter who had an overdose while this filming was going on. And I'm sure the daughter was like, I don't want to be on the show and I don't want this all to be about me. But then don't have your daughter film as an adult where she has confessional scenes, meaning she gets paid. Like right. you can't only be on the show when you want to show positive things. Mm hmm. And the same goes for their kids. They shouldn't show their kids if their kids aren't willing to open th- themselves up, good and bad.
1: Absolutely.
0: And Absolutely. I mean adult kids when I say children. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Although Phoenix, I like
0: Jagger. Loved. I'm obsessed.
1: Last week when they were doing the uh, roller skating in the house, oh my god, she was so cute. Daddy, if she breaks her neck, it's your fault because she's not confident because of you. <laughs>
0: They're the best. Those are my favorite kids right now. They're just adorable. And they're still not at a point where they feel like they're putting something on for the cameras.
1: No, not at all. I mean, they're like five.
0: Right. But, you know, when Portia got to be a certain age, like nine, she started playing up for the cameras. And now that she's a preteen, she's like, get me away from these
1: things. (laughs) Remember when Portia was like three? Yeah. Oh, my God. She was so little.
0: How do you feel about Diana?
1: What's your take on Diana?
0: So I was so excited about Diana being on the show because I'm the daughter of a refugee, and I was really excited to see that story be told. And rather than that story really (laughs) being told, I feel like we are getting a, I don't know, she's like almost like missing Genuineness, like it's like her whole personality is having money and yes. doing ridiculous things with it, not in a way that's fun, but no. in a way that seems gross. Yes, I was just gonna say, <laughs> you know, and and oh, all of it is just really upsetting. And I think the only reason she's on the show is because of her fiance, Asher, and how he's trying to have a music career. I don't think she ever wanted to be on the show. I don't think she's following any of the rules that they set forth. She was all. never invited to be on Watch What Happens Live. So oh, that's it's like point. Yeah. that. I was like waiting for her, thinking like yeah. one of the first episodes they would have her on. I liked her yeah, in the beginning. She's never
1: been on. I never thought about that.
0: Yeah. So I am just so disappointed
1: at how that
0: turned out. Yeah.
1: I feel like money, that having all that money, just like totally like a (laughs) race but other people have
0: so much money and are interesting to watch so what is it about her like she has
1: a lot
0: of money she has money and she's used to throwing it around to get out of doing things yeah and you know she didn't show up to the reunion she claims she had covid do i believe she had covid i don't know
1: yeah that's highly highly suspicious
0: Right? And, like, so sick she couldn't actually come to the phone and record. I don't know. I don't buy anything. Everything Uh about her seems not genuine. Yeah. No way she's back. I want to ask you some questions about this week's Beverly Hills. So (laughs) I couldn't get over that, you know, so Dorit helps Erica escape in the middle of the night so that she doesn't have to stay at Kyle's place anymore and goes to Diana's who is now taking in everyone that is leaving their accommodations. And I I couldn't get over that when they were in the ski shop the next day and they're upset about whatever and Erica's having her moment. And all the doors are locked. And Kathy's trying to get in. <laughs> and that was my favorite
1: part of the trailer when the trailer for the season came out. Me Amazing. too. And I thought all of that was supposed to take place
0: after the night where Kathy supposedly had a meltdown. But to see they just didn't want to open the door because they were pissed at her because she was like, what, trying to get everyone to drink her tequila was insane to me. I love it. Do you find that the trailers tend to show, put things in a certain light so they know the audience will think a certain way, but know that that's not the context?
1: Yeah, probably. Like, I remember seeing it in the trailer without much context and just being like, oh, this is something... Like, I thought it was a joke that they weren't, like, actually... In the trailer, I thought it was a joke where they, like, actually weren't mad at Kathy. They they just, like, wanted to play a little prank on her and not open the door. So when... It was genuine. I was like, oh, my God. That
0: is sad. It was so wild, you know? And she's, like, knocking. She's, like, waving. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So... It was also interesting to me to watch footage of both Rinna and then later on the show, Diana kind of try to reason with Erica and be like, all anyone really wants is for you to show empathy to the victims. And in her confessional, Diana says, like, I really hope she doesn't mean it that she doesn't care about victims. But what I mean, it's interesting. Erica never seems to lash out at Rinna or Diana. It's everyone but those two.
1: I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I, maybe she's scared of them. I don't, I don't know. Erica doesn't seem scared of anybody or anything, but like. I feel like she is treating Diana
0: the way that she treated her husband, Tom Girardi. Oh, yeah. And looked at him like, oh, this is someone with money, who has a yes. plane, who can fly me places, and who can buy me things. 100%.
1: 100%. She's always like, Diana, go in and buy something.
0: It's so awkward and it's like, does she want to watch Diana shop or does she want to Diana just to like feel generous and give her things?
1: Yeah, she wants to shop with Diana and have Diana be like, oh, Erica, do you want do you want these? You know, do you want this necklace? I'll, I'll get it for you. I hear you may
0: need some new earrings soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so
1: weird. It's just so weird. It, the whole thing. She like seemed to resolve things with Kyle at the end, but then still be pissed at everybody else.
0: I think it's because her and Kyle have a long standing friendship, and I, I think agree. her and Rena do, and yeah. now her and Dorit sort of do. And I almost feel like her relationship with Dorit is even stronger because her and Dorit used to really not like each other and get along, and they somehow overcame it. And so it's like I don't know. It, it, it's really. A bizarre sort of sort of thing I find it interesting that Dorit basically decided to stay with Erica and support Erica throughout the day and not once check in with Kyle respond to messages let her know where she was and then didn't show up at that hat store Kimo Sabe (laughs) which you know it and I felt bad for Kyle. I did. And I don't normally feel bad for her. But I was like, oh, this is crappy.
1: Yeah, it was. And I didn't get it. I didn't get why she Dorit felt like she needed to stay with Erica. We, and they, she
0: was saying, oh, Erica was crying. Her eyes were all puffy. Like, we didn't really see any of that. Not really. And I don't know. I don't know. I'd side with
1: Kyle in that particular instance. I think Erica would have defected to Diana's room regardless of what had happened. I think she (laughs) she wanted (laughs) to be in the nice hotel room.
0: She did. And for even Erica said, you know, you should go join Kyle. She said that to Dorit. Yeah. It's just so bizarre.
1: Um, So Yeah, I kind of felt bad for Kyle too, especially when she said that, like, I show up at all of your guys' things. Mm -hmm. all of your parties and fundraisers and this and that and I'm asking you to like stop by into a store for a couple of hours like come on
0: I know and she's like I show up when I'm upset I show up when I'm in an argument with someone but I feel like Kyle is crying in this whole episode because she's sort of lost the plot and that she usually is someone who's on the sideline mixing things up and then stepping away. But then when she's in the drama, it's more emotional. And that's, again, where she goes back to being hypocritical because she's always telling Sutton to stop crying and saying she's so emotional. But this entire episode, Kyle was crying.
1: I know. And back to what we were saying before about the fights being about the show and not about things. We like, Kyle's like, I have to go to all these things for all these people. You know, I have to go film at this party and that and the other thing and Rina's beauty launch and you know like it becomes about who's going and filming with who and more about the show itself that she's get that Dorita's getting out of something as opposed to well and then that the filming and what's gonna be shown
0: on the show, when the show eventually comes out, yeah. is going to be about the drama and take away from showing this hat shop, which I think. For Kyle, this is a place that I guess she goes all the time. I think she has a relationship with the people who own it. I think she's like telling them she's going to bring them business and people are, you know, they're going to make a big deal to film there. And maybe for that shop, they shut it down just for these people. The whole shop, which is a big deal to do in season, right? When people are there in the middle of January, end of January, it's a big deal. So I could see why she'd be like come on (laughs) although it did remind me of I had this bar that I loved um, back when I was in my 20s and I wanted to bring everyone there I like knew the bartenders I knew when they would play music I'd be able to request songs it was a shithole bar and nobody liked it but me and like two other people but I would bring everyone there and they hated it and they would do it like on my birthday but like as we got older like past the age of 25, people just did not want to go there anymore. And I always felt like I like, come on, like, this is my favorite place. Like, um, but just because you love something and you want to share that love doesn't mean everyone's going to love it too. And that's, that's a lesson I learned the hard way (laughs) by like, by the time we ended up at that bar, it would just be me and like one other person, like no, no one else would have joined at that point. But Kyle doesn't seem to have learned this lesson that just because she likes hats does not mean that everyone else likes hats. But in the context of filming and then yeah. the fact that her closest friend of this group, I think, is Dorit and that Dorit was not communicative throughout the day and helped Erica leave her house. I would I'd be I feel a certain type of way.
1: I would. Yeah. No, I don't blame her at all for being pissed
0: not at all. What did you think about Mauricio stepping in between Kyle and Dorit?
1: I love Mauricio. <laughs> I love him so much. I hope the rumors about him aren't true. I mean, I don't know. I don't have strong opinions about it. I hope it helped. I, I, love, a, I love a peacemaker. I love a good house husband. So I was appreciative of his efforts.
0: I was like, get out of the way, Mauricio. They are fighting and we are getting good television. These, oh, this whole group of women who get along, like the four Erica, Rinna, Dereet, and Kyle, there has not been a crack in those yeah. four's friendship. And it has made it frustrating to watch. Yeah. And what we loved last season was when there finally was a crack and they started questioning Erica. It was yeah. not directly, it was a separate scene. But that was interesting. Now we're finally getting two people actually arguing over something that was surface level, but I think cut a little deep, at least for Kyle. And I wanted to see it through.
1: Yep. No, I can see that. I don't. (laughs) So I have a really hard time watching reunions because I hate when people yell over each other and talk over each other and it becomes like chaos. And I sort of. Felt like it was heading in that direction with Kyle and Dorit. So I was like, somebody step, somebody help.
0: Yeah, I know. I just want them to ev- not just gloss this over, but actually talk the next day about it. But they won't have the opportunity no. because everything will have gone to shit the night before. Um, Erica is trying to make a very big deal to all of these women that her lawsuit was dismissed in Illinois without prejudice. Like, she's like, keep saying that, which is actually not a positive thing. And just like Crystal said, it means that they can refile in California. And that's exactly what happened. Do you think Erica actually understands that but is trying to make it seem like a good thing or how could her attorneys let her get away with thinking that this is a win for her
1: I don't know I mean I don't know what her attorneys are telling her and what they're not telling her and I don't know what she understands about the legal system and process and what she doesn't but I think she hears the word dismissed and chalks it up as a win and yeah, they can refile in California, but are they going to, you know, have they They did right away. I know. Oh my God. So, I don't know what she, I think she is being very selective in what she's hearing and what she's processing because she is trying to cope. And I do think she thought it was a win. And I think she's a little bit in denial and delusional about what's happened and what's going on and her involvement in it and you know i really i know everybody hates well i don't know about everybody but i know a lot of people hate her jennifer lawrence sure does um (laughs) but i really like erica as a character on the show and i i want to see her redeemed in some way and like succeed but she's making it real real hard she could have totally turned this around. Totally.
0: It's so easy. Just say it. It's it's not even just saying it. It's saying, you know, I was a victim too. And I'm nowhere near the victim that these other people yeah. are at. But I was misled. I believed my husband was wealthy. I believed all of these gifts were hard-earned gains. I had no idea that it was all a house of cards that was going to come crumbling down. And you better believe I'm shocked and I'm appalled. And it is going to take me some time to get my bearings. And I'm very angry and I'm frustrated and I'm confused. You know, it just share those. Type, but that's not.
1: That was beautifully, beautifully said. She should hire you as part of her. <laughs> team.
0: I don't think she feels that way. So she's no. not going to say what she doesn't believe. She Correct. feels I am the ultimate victim. I was misled, you know, and I got these earrings 15 years ago. God damn it. So why are you coming for them now? Uh-huh. And she doesn't seem to be able to she can't she can't let herself care about the victims because then she would have to act on it. Uh-huh. And that would mean that she would have her things taken away. And to Erica, things are all that matter
1: and she what i what i don't understand is she's conflating empathy and sympathy for responsibility they're not the same thing and totally. that people have been trying to explain to her on the show it's like just because you say you feel badly for the victims
0: doesn't make you responsible but I think if she says she feels badly, then she's acknowledging that there was wrong done, and she doesn't want to acknowledge there's wrong that was done because it means she will have to lose things. She she Correct. cares more totally about agree. her stuff and about money and about materials because that's the only reason she was married to that man for that long. She knew he was cheating. She was open about that yep. last year. She knew he wasn't ni- he wasn't nice to her. But
1: she doesn't think there was wrong done. Why is she so mad? I think she's mad because she
0: knows that there was wrong done. And she's like, why are you pinning it on me? And why are you coming after me? Yeah. Again, it goes back to her being a victim. And I do think that some of these lawsuits are far reaching and that they're like trying to create something that I don't know there's proof of. Yeah. Like that she was part of a conspiracy and that she knew I actually think the more I watch her on the show, and I thought she was a smart woman. I actually think she's just one of the most fiscally irresponsible people we've ever seen. I don't think she's financially literate in any way, shape, or form. God,
1: oh, no. and, and she, But she didn't need to be. She's lost. She doesn't
0: know how to make money on her own and she could take her story and she could make money i mean at some point maybe there's restitution or whatever she has to give back but that again that's also in a criminal case none of this is criminal like she's just and everyone would be rooting for her like wow you got screwed over by your husband you know what a jerk and nope she's making herself the ultimate victim
1: yeah, she's making it way harder on herself.
0: Yeah, it's really, it's just sad. Truly, she's certain people are obsessed with being victims. It's just like uh-huh. their personality is like yep. victimhood, and I never thought it would be her Me either. Oh, my gosh. And only, you know what? Only Crystal. It's like Crystal and Sutton are the only people that seem to have any sort of literacy of the law where they're reading articles and understanding the significance behind them. When Crystal's like without prejudice or dismissed. um, Yeah, without prejudice. It means you can refile it. Like this isn't gone. This is coming back and it's going to bite her in the ass in a completely different way. Yep. What are your thoughts on Crystal in general It's part of these this group of women.
1: I like Crystal. I don't know how she fits in with the group. I feel like she's a puzzle piece that isn't quite fitting in. I feel that way too. And it feels a bit forced. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she's significantly younger than most of the women. And I think that shows... And I know not everybody, not every housewife can be quote unquote crazy because you need somebody to like ground the group, but like there needs to be a little something where you're like, she's a little, you know, she's a little kooky. She's a little quirky. I like that. And like, there's nothing about her that like gets me excited. Like she's definitely the one I would like be most likely to like want to go grab a coffee with, but like not someone I would want to watch on a reality show.
0: I'm actually interested in all of her personal scenes yeah. more than a lot of other people's. I am fascinated by her home life and her story and her battle with her the eating disorder and all yep. of that. But with the group, she does feel out of place. But I love that she's finding her voice.
1: Yeah, me too. And I I mean, one of the craziest turnarounds maybe I've ever seen on A Housewife Housewife show is her relationship with Sutton and mm-hmm. how last season they went from like crazy mortal enemies and now they are BFF.
0: They're getting along right now. We'll see. I'm very interested to see at the reunion the Garcelle Sutton crystal dynamic. Are they going to find each other again? Or I feel like Crystal just ha- isn't sure where she fits in and so she'll spend time with kyle and like those girls and then drift back and forth
1: and then like has kathy over for like what was that if that was so
0: her and kathy are friendly so they travel together to do watch what happens live yeah it's like i think kathy pretty much only wants to be with crystal when she does these kinds of things
1: yeah or garcelle you know yeah
0: So, that seems real to me, but it seems sort of like a niece-aunt relationship than it does like a peer-to-peer friendship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Carcelle is my numero uno.
0: I mean, she's everyone's. She's fantastic. She's the voice of reason, yet she is able to pick fights when it makes sense. She stands up for herself. She lets things settle. She never seems to get too hot-headed like everyone else yeah, she's
1: always pretty level-headed she's had
0: to as a black woman in hollywood think before she talks in a way no one else has ever had to in that group Yeah, more than anyone and it shows and it's like incredible training
1: <laughs> the thing with that makes me like her more as a housewife than crystal is that like she has a, a sense of humor and she still makes me laugh. And with Crystal, like, she doesn't make me laugh. Like, she doesn't really make me laugh. Like, she's not fun. I don't feel like she's yeah. that fun or funny.
0: I think she's probably really fun. I just don't know that it's coming across Of, of with course. I'm, these you groups.
1: know, on the show is the, my only experience with her. But Garcelle's look in one of her confessionals, like, later on in this, like, it's late in the season where she's, like, wearing this, like, beaded top under a blazer. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just loving, loving. She looks so phenomenal in that confessional look. It's one of my all-time faves. I feel
0: like Griselle has the strongest sense of self compared to these other women. I actually think a lot of them don't have a strong sense of self. Oh, yeah. She knows who she is. She knows who she is, and I think – Sutton gravitates towards it, right? Because Sutton's still trying to find her footing after her marriage. She's never really like been able to stand on her own. And she's, she's becoming herself at age 50. And then she's, you know, gravitated towards Garcelle. I think the others are intimidated by her, to be honest. Absolutely. And, but at the same time, we saw this episode, Crystal really stand up for herself tell Erica I yeah. don't like how you spoke to me
1: yep I was proud of her for doing that
0: I was too what did you make of her conversation with Dorit about having a moral compass so There were there was pool being played and I don't oh think yeah 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 yeah, yeah when they were mm-hmm. playing
1: pool yeah I don't know because
0: Dorit really thought she was doing something there like I don't know, and you don't know. Like, stop saying we don't know things. There have been legal judgments and rulings that have happened. There are some things we do know. And those earrings, they published the check that was used to purchase them. We know where the money for those earrings came from. We know. Don't say we don't know. We don't know everything. Just because you don't know everything doesn't mean you don't know that. And I felt like she was being intimidating towards Crystal. Like, I don't know. And you yeah. don't know. Yeah. Like, you better not talk kind of yeah. a thing. For Crystal to, like, come right back at her and say, well, I have a moral compass. And I like the people that I surround myself with to have one, too. I like yeah. to know. Basically saying, I am, I see you.
1: totally and can i just say that if i owned a pair of earrings that cost three quarters of a million dollars i would never wear them because (laughs) i'd be so afraid of losing them or something happening like she is just like out in aspen in the snow wearing these gigantic diamond earrings like what if someone what if it falls out in the snow you can't (laughs) find it like these people it's unbelievable
0: Right, and the audacity to wear them! Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is in the headlines. I just, I was shocked. I even think Diana and Dorit were shocked that she was wearing that. She's like, these are the earrings, the ones I have in right now. I'm wearing them the night after I was grilled about where the money came from.
1: See, that's Erica taking this stuff too far. Enough.
0: It's, it is a little bit, a little bit too far. Okay. That's Shift Gears. They head to a final bar and the cameras shut down because we have rules in this country about how long you're able to work when you're building. (laughs) I think they've already hit their limit. So the cameras go down and I don't yet know, we don't all know as the audience, who was at this final bar slash club. But we know Kathy was there and, yep. and just, <laughs> despite not meeting the dress code <laughs> <Yes>. oh,
1: <God. laughs> that's the best she has part all that money and nobody and she can't dress her she can't dress herself th- or hire anybody she to doesn't dress
0: care her. that's the she best doesn't part care. she
1: doesn't have to care that's what that's how diana should be
0: yeah, like know. i'm worth 300 million dollars i can wear pajamas to a club like what you know what are you looking at so, it sounds like, and this is the rumor that's been going around, Kathy requested a Michael Jackson song to be played. We all know she was friends with Michael Jackson. Yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: Many DJs no longer play Michael Jackson because he was an accused pedophile. <laughs>
1: like, Correct. The, the,
0: the song was not played that she had requested, or the artist was not played. And my understanding was that she called the DJ a faggot.
1: I have not heard that.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's what allegedly happened. The story has not really changed. Um, And allegedly, there were some people that work at that bar slash nightclub that have backed up that they heard her say that word. And so this was not caught on camera. And Rinna and Erica heard it. I don't know if any of the other women heard it. And... Kathy had a meltdown back at Kyle's house uh,
1: so the meltdown was at Kyle I think it was also in the sprinter van in the I thought it was in the van in okay. the
0: van yeah. and then back well, at Kyle's house yeah. and Kathy goes on her iPad and writes to her husband like but on Instagram in a notes and then uh, as a comment on Instagram like get me out of here yeah and, yeah, and I guess she gets very angry and says a lot of disparaging things about Kyle. Yes, I've heard that. My understanding is that Rinna and Erica want to call her out for calling the DJ a faggot. Because why are they and why is Erica getting raked over the coals for every little thing she's done? And Kathy gets away with murder kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, Rinna is not the most trustworthy person in this group. And she seems to have lied before um, or said things that we don't know are true. And so I think that the rest of the cast is going to side with Kathy. Saying, like, we don't know that she said this. She said she didn't say it.
1: Even when they see Kyle's reaction. I don't know if Kyle heard it either. But based on not the comment. Kathy made at the bar, but the disparaging comment she makes to Kyle.
0: I think a lot of people will say that's family dynamics, and this goes way deeper than just this is like a sister problem.
1: Interesting. Very interesting prediction. I think the usual camps will divide. I'm sure Crystal will be on Kathy's side. I'm sure Dereed and Rena will be with Kyle. We'll see where the others I the thing with the Kathy stuff though is
0: the the hard part for Kyle is she doesn't have a good track record of sister stuff. No. no and no. so we've seen her do things that aren't great with Kim, and it seems like the common denominator is Kyle. Kim and Kyle, Kathy and Kyle. Yeah. Maybe the problem is Kyle. And I don't know if the problem is Kyle. I actually think the problem is their mother and their mother set them up to like have a terrible relationship with one
1: another. Yes. Um, but they also couldn't rise above it. Yeah. I I have a hard time thinking that it's Kyle when Kim and Kathy are both so difficult in their own ways. Not to say Kyle isn't difficult, but like Kathy and Kim do not seem like the easiest people to be related to
0: yeah no I agree
1: and I think Kyle has had to take care of a lot of their crap over the years
0: yeah but I think Kyle now kind of being the alpha-ish on this show being there the longest Mm -hmm. thinking she gets to kind of call the shots I don't know I, I do think Kyle sometimes takes things too far like having Kathy sleep in the bunk beds I thought was super shitty like, why would you do that to your sister? She's also older than everyone by, like, 20 years. It's so, like, why are you making her stay in this little room with these bunk beds? It seems...
1: Because it has the comfiest bed.
0: Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, after Erica left, did, did, uh, did, she move? did she move? Did Kathy get to get a bigger room?
1: No, I think it was because Kathy got there late and the other rooms were claimed and they were like...
0: No, oh, yeah. you, you hold a room for your sister. Yeah. They all don't respect Kathy. They don't no. respect her on the show and they don't respect her r- role as Kyle's sister. And I think, I don't know, like I wouldn't do that to a sibling. No. You know? Yeah.
1: I. It makes me sad. I hope, I've heard this reunion is like beyond bonkers. And I hope, I hope that Kathy and Kyle are able to be cool. I actually I think after watching watch what happens
0: live last night yeah. and Erica was saying that like they didn't even get a cast photo at the end because of how bad it was and it was family stuff ah. that made me think that Kyle and Kathy are not going yeah. to be on speaking terms and that there may be a rift really big like I wouldn't be shocked if for Farah's wedding the entire Hilton contingent doesn't show up. So sad. I know. But remember when Nikki Hilton was getting married and only like yes. some of Kyle's family was coming? Like, it's something is wrong with them as a family unit. Like,
1: But I just think about <laughs> last season's reunion and how they were, like, crying in each other's arms about, like, all the time that they had lost.
0: That's amazing. Did they actually decide to go to family therapy and have to work through all of the crap? Because you can't just, like, put a Band-Aid on something like that. It's yeah. so deep-rooted. And if you've got patterns, it's really hard to break them unless yeah. you take time to intentionally do that.
1: Yeah. I don't think Kathy's coming back next season, I'll tell you that much.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, I think
1: Kyle's calling the shot. Kyle's calling the shots over there, and if they, if their relationship is as bad as we think it is, and if Kathy's putting up all this fight about money and hucking her tequila, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: You think the network would be frustrated more with
1: Kathy? I think Kyle would would threaten to walk, and I don't think that they would want that.
0: Interesting. I don't think Kyle has the level of power we think she does. Uh-huh. I don't know what she is without this show. Like, this is how she made a name for herself, is this show. Yep, yeah, that's true. I think she'd be just fine without the show, but I think it would be in her head. Like, she's never not done it.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. I think she'd probably make some pretty strict demands, though, if she were to stay. So is, Kathy, that,
0: yeah. is that something that actually occurs like a Teresa Judice. does she get to kind of make demands at this point yes okay do you think that Melissa and Joe Gorga won't be on the show anymore if Teresa says she won't film because this goes again back to family yeah and, and deep rooted stuff
1: I mean Melissa and Joe have been on the show for so long this is Kathy Hilton's second season like right Kathy's technically friend of like I think it's different at this point. I think it's different.
0: People uh, love her though. I'm wondering like, how I know much does I love her And the ratings going back to ratings, if she has the highest Q score or whatever they call it, and she's the most beloved along with Garcelle, how would they walk away from it? I think this is why she held out for more money.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. But you know, it's it's a cost benefit analysis, and you know, you know. I think Jill Zarin was a pretty well liked housewife in her day, and she screwed the pooch and made some people unhappy. And you know, are you able to expand upon that? Um, she's just not an easy person to deal with. That's what
0: everyone says. <laughs> and
1: uh, I will tell you one story. I don't care if people hear it but you know people housewives cast members of shows would come into the office all the time to like record something for BravoTV.com or to meet with andy or whatever and you know they'd come in and walk to the office of whoever they were meeting and whatever sometimes i'd see them in the ladies room or but when jill zarin would come to the office, she'd go, Jill Zarin's here. I'm here, everybody. <laughs> and it's like, OK, what do you want a round of applause? Do you want us to come running to your autograph? Like, OK, you're here for a meeting like everybody else. She's just a lot. And I think it got to the point where the higher ups didn't want to deal with her anymore.
0: I'm shocked that they brought her back for Ultimate Girls Trip.
1: I know, me too. I'm shocked that she has been on Watch It Happens Live as much as she has, and yeah, I don't know. She really wants back real bad.
0: Oh, man. Jill Zarin. She could have been so
1: good, you know? Like, so, so good. I loved her so much. I went to her book signing when she wrote that book with her mother, and I bought the book from my mother for Mother's Day, and I was obsessed with her and Bethany like that was just like the heyday that and then like once I got in the weeds at Bravo and everything and I realized what a handful she was and I was just like oh this is too bad.
0: I know I feel the same way like about political stuff there's a lot of people on the outside who have favorite politicians and like everyone who's in DC kind of knows like that they're kind of an asshole. Yeah. You know, you're like, no, like this is the celebrities person. Like all public yeah.
1: figures, you're like, wait, he's a jerk? No.
0: <laughs> I would expect celebrities, um, the politicians have to serve the public. And so that was kind yeah. of shocking to me that they could have a persona that's somewhat different from like in public and then what the news shares than what they really are like. But... Yeah, I could see all of the housewives being really difficult. I could see Vicky Gunvilson oh, being God. a monster. Yeah. Nini, okay. I mean Nini, okay, so what do you think of her suing the network? It got dismissed, but I mean, is she dead to them?
1: She would like from what I remember like would threaten lawsuits all the time.
0: Yeah. These so like that's the hard part about getting these women that are interesting and
1: sometimes well, that's volatile. Why, like, I love a new Salt Lake City was like the best thing that happened to me and like and in my reality TV world in a long time because like these were fresh faces that like didn't know the know the deal yet and were new and like weren't famous yet. And then you can see the evolution of a show as people get more famous and more well known and you're in the tabloids more and it becomes this whole other thing than what it was originally meant to be. Yeah. And becoming all about social media and who's following who and who's retweeting this about who. And, you know, it's just like, and we're starting to see that happen with Salt Lake, which is, which is tough, but... And I don't think Dubai really worked very well. Like, I love a new a new series. One that's,
0: I think, doing really well and I think will have one of the best seasons ever is Miami. Potomac, Miami. Miami. I think the because Potomac I love, but it's very kind of social media heavy. Yeah. I think that Miami season, like the reboot season two,
1: yeah. is
0: going to be incredible. This, like Lisa Lenny Hochstein divorce and Larsa getting in the mix, all of them have some actual friendship with each other. They actually like to hang yeah. out together. It's really. Gonna be fascinating. Yeah, I haven't me. watched
1: the reboot. Um, my oh. sister watched it and loves it.
0: I would say Run Don't Walk. It was that yeah. good. It was okay. that good. I was so invested. It was amazing. I
1: liked the I liked the original. I did um, too back in the day.
0: Yeah, season two Miami is like top tier Housewives, and apparently Leah Black makes a cameo on um, this coming season. But I also want to see, I can't remember her name, the model from Poland.
1: Oh, Paulina po- Porskova?
0: No, the one who was on Miami.
1: Oh. Why am oh, I oh, not oh. remembering
0: her? Like, she yeah, was so stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, but she had this, like, really messed up relationship. And then we see her get married and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, like, not going anywhere. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That, that was, but, you know, you couldn't look away.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for being on the show. Tell everyone where they can find you or if there's anything you want to promote.
1: I am on Twitter at Jeezer, J-E-E-S-E-R. And, uh, yeah, you can find me there.
0: Awesome. Thank you Thanks so much for, much for being me, on the Mandy. podcast. Yeah. I love hearing about this rating stuff. And it's it's yeah, just it a so fascinating fun fascinating job. Yeah,
1: it was fun. We'll talk again soon. Sometimes.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Mandy. Bye-bye.